In the Greco-Roman Greco world, cursed tablets were a popular way to, well, curse people by asking the gods for a little bit of divine help or retribution. There are some incredibly funny and interesting examples of these magical writings, and like many of these beliefs, I wonder just how long the idea of curses has been around. In my video, How Old is the Evil Eye Belief System, I talked about how the historic rituals surrounding that particular belief were centered on domesticating chants, on attempting to control the uncontrollable. The Evil Eye was thought of as accidentally and unintentionally sending bad luck someone's way. It was a useful catch-all explanation for a bad crop or a sickness, and there were various ways people used to ward it off, diagnose it, and cure it. Curses are different. Historically, they have been intentional and malevolent. However, one way that they were similar to the evil eye was that they involved using magic to control or change a situation. As I said from my own studies, I found the evil eye to be a socioeconomic construct. Both the evil eye and curses have a long history. Curses have been talked about since the Bronze Age and the Evil Eye since classical antiquity, but it's quite possible they both go back much further. Without written records from the Neolithic, it's hard to know what people believed in the prehistoric past. For example, when archaeologists analyse the material culture left behind by the megalith builders, it's difficult to determine what was meant by their various symbols and strangely shaped objects. But it's likely that their rituals were dedicated to controlling the natural environment by the intercession of deities in some form or another. And that form may well have included curses. In this video, I'm talking about the Greco-Roman curse tablets because I find them fascinating. A few years ago, I saw many of them on display in the epigraphic section of a museum in Florence, and I found some of the content quite entertaining. I also think that understanding the belief systems at that time and comparing them to the material culture from the megalith builders might give us some idea as to the specific rituals that took place back then. So far, 1,600 curse tablets have been discovered. They are known as defixionis in Latin and catadesmoi in Greek. As well as the physical evidence of the tablets themselves, there were also references to them in texts from classical antiquity. They were used by all levels of society and by both men and women. Mostly made out of lead, they were also sometimes created from wax and papyrus. Those made out of lead were manufactured from thin sheets, etched with text, rolled up and deposited somewhere that was thought to help their potency. Many were placed underground, others were thrown into wells or pools, and some were attached to the walls of temples. The text etched onto them varied depending on the outcome expected. It seems cursed tablets were quite an industry. There's evidence that many were created by specialists who left a gap for a specific target's name to be added by the customers who bought them. The name of a deity was usually included since they were being invoked to help make the curse happen. Pluto, Charon, Hecate, and Persephone were popular choices. It was also common for a dead person to be asked for help as well. In fact, some curse tablets were buried in graves, presumably of the person being asked for assistance. Figurines of the curse's target sometimes accompanied the tablet, which just makes it even more creepy. Curse tablets had a lot of uses. Some were written with love spells, often with a lock of hair or some other item of the target of the person's affections folded within it. They were used to curse thieves, business rivals, people appearing in court, murderers, and sports competitors. Many tablets also included words referred to as 
Voce's Mystici, which don't belong to any known language and were probably included as a special sort of communication with the deities listed on them. 130 cursed tablets dating to the 2nd and 4th centuries were discovered in the town of Bath, England in 1979 and 1980. They were excavated from the sacred spring at the Roman Baths, a complex dedicated to the goddess Sulis Minerva. The cursed tablets, all inscribed in Latin, are on display at the Roman Baths Museum. They mostly ask the goddess Sulis Minerva for retribution against thieves. A similar format is followed in each of the cursed tablets. They start by listing items stolen from the victim in the baths, which are then offered to Sulis Minerva with the expectation that she will feel the loss and subsequently punish the thief, ensuring the possessions are returned. Sometimes both the victim and the suspected thief are named. A lot of the tablets also list a sort of punishment the victims wished to be exacted on the thieves. It seems thieving at the baths was rife. Here are a few examples. So long as someone, whether slave or free, keeps silent or knows anything about it, he may be accursed in his blood and eyes and every limb, and even have all his intestines quite eaten away if he has stolen the ring or been privy to the theft. Ouch. Solinos, to the goddess Sulis Minerva, I give to your divinity and majesty my bathing tunic and cloak. Do not allow sleep or health to him who has done me wrong, whether man or woman, or whether slave or free, unless he reveals himself and brings those goods to your temple. It's a shame they didn't have lockers. I have given to the goddess Sulis the six silver coins which I have lost. It is for the goddess to exact them from the names written below, Senechianus and Saturnius and Aniola. There they even knew who had stolen the coins. May he who carried off Vilbia from me become liquid as the water. May she who so obscenely devoured her become dumb, whether Velvina, Exuberius, Varianus, Severinus, Augustalis, Comitanus, Catus, Minianus, Germanilla, or Jovina. This one seems to be more related to love than thieving, but uses similar terminology to talk about the woman being taken away. Scholars have debated whether Vilbia refers to a woman or an object, but most agree it was a name. So the person who deposited the tablet was very upset that someone had taken Vilbia away, but wasn't sure who, so covered all bases by listing 10 people. A rather interesting curse tablet known as the Dancer's Curse was discovered in Israel in the 1950s. It was only deciphered a few years ago and dates to the Byzantine era. Written in Greek, the curse is 110 lines long. Part of it reads, tie the feet together, hinder the dance of manna. Another part hopes that this dance of manna will then move slowly and lose his equilibrium. Multiple deities and demons are invoked, including the Egyptian god Thoth. It's thought it was deposited by a rival sportsperson, probably another dancer on an opposing team. Very little sportsmanship, it seems. Seven folded lead tablets were excavated from the hero shine at Opheltus in Nemea on the Peloponnese. 
The Nemea Games took place in the Sanctuary of Zeus, where the tablets were discovered. They were found in the southwestern part of it. Only four were legible, and these were deemed by experts to be erotic cursed tablets. The tablets were found in disturbed layers, so couldn't be securely dated. However, experts analysing the style of lettering on them think they date after the hero shrine fell out of use. This would make sense because the scholars who have analysed the tablets think it's a strange location for a deposition of this kind. Only two of the tablets have full sentences that can be deciphered, although not every word is readable. The other two tablets are too fragmented and damaged for complete sentences to be determined. However, experts are able to classify these latter two as erotic curse tablets as well, based on a few words. One of the deciphered tablets reads, I turn you Bula away from Aenzius, from his face, from his eyes, from his mouth, from his chest, from his soul, from his belly, from his erect penis, from his anus, from all his body. I turn you Bula away from Aeneas. The person who deposited the tablet clearly wanted to keep the two individuals mentioned on it apart, presumably because they were in love with one of the people themselves. Another tablet says, I bind the head of Diodorus to be turned away from Artemidora, his forehead, his eyes, his ears, his mouth, his chin, his arms. I bind the soul of Diodorus to be turned away from Artemidora, his belly, his body, his erect penis, his legs, his feet. I wonder how long they waited to see if their cursed tablet had worked before they tried to find someone else. Another interesting cursed tablet currently housed in Italy but with an unknown provenance is aimed at a Roman senator called Fistus. The tablet is 11.5 by 6.5 centimetres and was folded after being inscribed. As well as text, the tablet has the drawing of what's thought to be a deity etched onto it, with his genitals covered by an eight-pointed star and snakes coming out of his head. The curse says in part, crush Kill Fistus, the senator, may Fistus dilute, languish, sink, and may all his limbs dissolve. Dissolve his limbs and entrails, may he languish, burst his veins, break all his limbs. That's pretty graphic. There are so many examples of cursed tablets and lots of research into them. So I could go on, but I mainly wanted to give an introduction into that particular Greco-Roman belief to lay the foundation for future speculation on rituals and beliefs in the Neolithic, subjects that I'm really drawn to. I think we can learn a lot from these later periods, so I like to touch on them every now and then. If you enjoyed this video, please hit the like button. Thank you to my patrons. If anyone else wants to join my Patreon community, it's pretty cheap. The link is in the description below. Come and find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where I post regularly. I've also got a website with some further information just on the sites I visit myself, meglithhunter.com.